Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Walking On Podcast. My name is Jaden and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Nas and Grant. How are y'all doing today? Doing great, living the life, man. Doing good, how about you? Listen, it's cold in Oklahoma and my allergies have been going up and down. It's been, it's been pretty bad, I'm not going to lie. Starting us off this week, in the world of college football last week, he had Georgia and Mississippi State face off. Georgia still looks like the top dogs as they dominated Mississippi State 45-19, and are most certainly a lock to remain the number one seed in the, in the rest of the season to come. The next game of the week that I looked at was TCU and Texas, where I thought Texas was actually going to beat TCU, who's undefeated, as we all know, because we're Big 12 fans. Texas, however, came short 17-10, and TCU clinched their spot in the Big 12 championship. I'll have you know I called that in the last podcast. You did call that? I did. You did say TCU was going to handle their business. They got dogs. But what do you think the problem is with Texas? Like, Texas has all these big recruits and everything. They spend a lot of money. They spent, um, I think, dang near half a mil on Arch Manning's um, uh, visit what do you think is the problem with texas like these guys are getting the top recruits and everything and they still just continuously underperform experience i mean it could be a number of things but you know you can have the top recruits but they're still gonna have to have experience playing in the college world i think this guy's just being like super comfortable especially with the nio atmosphere there texas has like a big big like support system which is good but i think like guys aren't just like going after it anymore i think i think they have a okay. good team but i just like it doesn't seem like everybody wants it that much you know so, i can see that no as you're so saying talent. you're saying you think like some of the players care more about the money than getting after it like football wise i mean that's just in college sports genuinely now like especially with the nil like me personally i love having the nil i mean it's a check you know and it's an opportunity for me to like get some money and everything buy me some nice things or just like save it you know but like in the atmosphere now um especially like a kid from miami he said that he was going to transfer he entered the transfer portal because his nil estimate was not enough at miami and then he went back after they gave him more money I'm just thinking, like, a lot of guys care more about the money than the sport right now, which is crazy. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it, um, a yeah, lot of like guys seem to be right like now. that right now. Yeah. It's selfish. I personally think the problem with Texas is lack of experience maybe with some of these young recruits, but in all same with the coach, second-year coach, you know, still trying to get things done. Has a big class coming in next year. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because he's been there two years and hasn't had – much success and it's like if they don't have a good season next year like he's gonna get cut are they gonna cut, they're gonna cut him or cut. they're just gonna be it's just i think it's just because they keep they continue to recycle every couple of years into a new into another coach i think that's just the problem with texas right, right now you need some consistency moving on to the next game missouri at tennessee and tennessee did what they do best this past weekend and that's to dominate lower level competition as they absolutely mopped the floor with the missouri tigers winning 66 24 their playoff hopes are still alive as they just need tcu to lose in the conference championship if they're and they'll be more more likely to get in the playoff that way oregon faced off against washington and they got upset upset as they fell short 37 to 34 Oregon is done. Their playoff hopes are most likely over as they take two losses, and that's that spoils all of the Pac-12's t- uh, playoff hopes for any of their teams getting to the playoff. Next game is number seven LSU at Arkansas, where LSU narrowly escapes the Arkansas Razorbacks 13 to 10 in a grinded-out victory, securing their spot in the SEC title game, beating out Ole Miss and Alabama. Number nine Alabama took on Ole Miss at in Mississippi as Alabama also narrowly escaped, winning just 30 to 24. Despite the win, Bama will not be in contention for the college football playoff for the first time since 2019 when they lost to both LSU and Auburn in the regular season. 
so moving on from um, all the takes that we have on college football, what do you guys think about the uh, CFP? What are you guys' predictions, like scenarios that you guys want to see? Honestly, here's here's what I want to say before I give my predictions. I'm happy that Alabama is not there. <laughs> I mean, Alabama's like <laughs> – Alabama's been a really different team this year. I feel like they're two plays away from being ten and zero, but they're like multiple plays from being five and five. Like it's just been a crazy year for them going back and forth. I want to. I definitely want to see TCU. I want to see what TCU is going to be able to do. Um, they're they're still like just think about that. They're undefeated right now. TCU. That's wow. That's mainly what I want to see. I don't really care for any of the rest as of right now, but I just want to see TCU. Yeah, I agree with that, Jaden. I really want to see a Big 12 team that's in the playoff other than those sorry Sooners down in Norman. Um, it's very interesting because TCU, I don't think, has ever had this amount of success. I don't think anyone expected them to do it. And it's just it's going to be a question if they can handle whoever's going to be in the Big 12 title game, which will probably be Kansas State looking at it going forward. And they had a pretty tight contested game when they played in the regular season. But it'll be interesting because I'd rather see TCU get in than another SEC team in Tennessee if they sneak in by Tennessee or by TCU losing. I mean, that's a that's a pretty bad situation for Oklahoma State, though. I mean, yeah. we're obviously big OK State fans. so But I'd like to see a Kansas State-TCU game. I think the first game Kansas State most definitely would have won if it wasn't for uh, Mr. Martinez getting hurt. He's been a special guy for them this year, and I'd like I'd love to see them play against each other again. So... Grant, Grant was just talking about my sorry Sooners. Uh, I love him to death. I'm both a Cowboys and a Sooners fan. But OU takes another loss against West Virginia. It is it is now they're now two and five and five and five overall. It's it's looking really bad. It's looking really bad for my Sooners. Um, and that transitions into this. What do y'all think is gonna happen at Bellum? I'm calling it right now. Sooners are getting smacked. I, I don't know if they'll get smacked. See, this year this year looks a lot different than what it did last year. You know, last year you have all the storylines, you know, going into it. We were competing. Oklahoma State was competing for a playoff spot because they already clinched the Big 12 title game by the time we played y'all. And y'all were trying to clinch a spot in the Big 12 title game against us. Right. And, we, you know, we were trying to knock y'all out so we didn't have to play y'all again, and, you know, just for all that stuff. There's It was like every storyline you could have imagined. You have Caleb Williams, the rising freshman quarterback, who's being talked about as this great quarterback. And then you got, you know, the defense and the Cowboys. That was, like, one of the best in the country. And, you know, the hype was just insane for that game. And then this year, you see, the difference is this year, it's just OU really sucks really bad. When and this <laughs> so year, do we. This year where the hype is coming from is not about the, like, the – I would say the year itself, but the fact that this is going to be one of the last bedlams yeah, that we know of right now. That's about it. That's like the only hype drive for this game is it's one of the last because of Oklahoma departing to the SEC in right. the next couple of years. See, but the thing is, like, uh, rivalry games always bring out the best of the best, and I think that this game will be a very exciting, high-intense game. I mean, it's going to be at um, the Sooner Stadium. It's not as good as Boone Pickens, but I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice little stadium, I guess, whatever. But um, uh, the energy in there will be crazy. A lot of people from Oklahoma State will go down, I'm sure. But it's a, it's just a big game. It's a big atmosphere, and uh, the bright lights bring out the best players. And I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna see on Saturday. It's a rivalry game. Everybody knows the um, history of Bedlam and how great it can be. But I mean, we all know who's gonna win. Go Pokes. Speaking of the game coming up. Spencer's been hurt the past yeah. couple of weeks in and out. 
he's already he's already confirmed in an interview that he plans on playing. But imagine imagine if Gunnar Gundy was to play. Did y'all know if like y'all kept up with the game? Uh, but Spencer Sanders is playing, correct? Yes, yes he is. He's that is confirmed. Did y'all see his X-ray? Did y'all see his X-ray? No, no. I see yeah, that dog in a box. I was at the Iowa State game, and it was a whole different game when he finally, like, they, he came in her playing her in, like, the stadium. How was the energy in Boom Pickens? I didn't even get to go, but, so, like, I heard he came back, and I was like, no way. So, like, that's that, that takes a lot of toughness. Yeah. That, that's yeah. crazy. He's one of those, he's one of them ones. That's crazy. So Gunner Gunner did get his first career start, and you know he only he did what you'd only expect from was he a sophomore sophomore maybe I yeah. think sir so. think so. But the thing is, like he stepped up when his team needed him. He kept the game fairly close, and the defense stepped up. The so defense stepped up for him up to be that major. young and not have very much experience. I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah. If y'all haven't seen the highlight, he actually had a beautiful eighty-yard passing touchdown. To JPR, that was tough. Where he dropped it. I mean, right in the pocket. And that was beautiful. But but that was about it that he did that he did well on. And then the rest of it was. Hey, I'll tell you, it's better than nothing. I didn't watch the game, but. You know, it it sounds like he's starting to kind of adjust towards that. I know uh, there are a lot of memes going around, especially on social media, where he, you know, the video of him and the shaky hands. But I think the nerves have now finally started to settle, and we're seeing him grow as a QB. It was, it was hard to watch until that touchdown pass because he went five for twelve, 103 passing yards. Take away that 80-yard touchdown pass, he only has 23 passing yards, <laughs> a one passing touchdown, two interceptions, and then seven carries for negative four yards. Wow. It's only up from here, though. Yeah. It's only up yeah. from here. Yeah, there's right, only right. one way to go. And Spence, Spencer came in, did his thing. Defense stepped up, and we ended up winning the game. And then uh, other Oklahoma State news. What Oklahoma State would need to get into the Big 12 championship as of now? Yes, way there's still a chance. Way too much, man. There is there's, there's still there's a chance. There's not a chance. They have, to be, but they have to be OU and West Virginia, which will be easy. I think we're a great team. But Kansas State has to lose to West Virginia and Kansas, which is very, very unlikely, I believe. Kansas State has looked like a really good team. They're a team that went and dogged us 48-0 in a very hard loss. And I just think that um, I think Kansas State could possibly ruin TCU's perfect season and their CFP um, aspirations this year. Yeah, I think the, the Kansas State quarterback, Martinez, could ruin their possible undefeated season in the college football playoff. That would be a very insane headline to wake up to. Purple, purple versus purple. Hey. It'll be, uh, what's that song? Purple Rain up in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. What are our predictions? Our one through four, who do we think will be in the playoff? Like, final predictions. Like, early, early guessing. Because there's like two weeks, I think, maybe. Yeah, two weeks left of college football. Who do y'all think is in contention? Of course, you got to go Georgia. Um, I'm gonna say TCU. This is in no particular no order. order. You don't have this, order. This is no particular order. This is I, I just feel like they they have the ability to do this. Um, I mean Georgia and Ohio State are kind of lock-ins right yeah, now. Ohio State. Oh, too. I mean, but uh, don't Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other in big uh, exactly. ten finals? Ooh. Yep. If they both play out, but they do have to play each other this season. They still have not. They still have yet to play each other. Then they have to replay each other. So both those teams might beat each other. They're both very good teams. What would you think? What would y'all think if LSU upsets Georgia in the oh in the God. SEC championship? How would how would that work? Because LSU has two losses. Then Georgia would have one. T- say TCU goes undefeated. Tennessee would only have one losses. One loss. Would they replace? Would they re- replace maybe a one loss team with a two loss team? If because if they no. beat Georgia? No. I mean they're. 
I mean, I mean, it's it's a t- that'd be yeah. a tough decision because if what if, what if they do upset Georgia, they'd be the first team to beat them in the conference championship. That would come down to a wire. But they but they still have two losses. I mean, uh, LSU's resume would be insane. Like being two great SEC teams, just come off a huge win against Bama, um, and then that happens. I mean, that'd be crazy. But the thing is. If it's a close loss, Georgia will still be in that conference, the CFP, the college football playoff. But they'll probably be a three seed, and LSU will still be out. Then Tennessee will move in if they're still a one loss oh, yeah, team. That's because Tennessee that can play at a high level. I think. What if, if it's an absolute blowout? If By it's tw- twenty one, twenty one points. I think you have to consider because of their wins. Like those yeah, are huge wins. I'm, I'm agreeing with Nas. There's but LSU also lost to Tennessee already this season, so yes. I feel like if it's a close game. Uh, Tennessee will get the benefit of the doubt, even though LSU's resume will probably end up being better. Uh, Bama, Bama and Tennessee did have a great game, a shootout, and Tennessee won. Nas, do you have your playoff rankings in your head? Will you drink them? Oh yeah, um, for final final prediction. Like uh, final. Just a season? guess. Just a guess. Yeah, guess not for like this week for like that. Who do you Georgia's think? Georgia's looks in? so dominant that defense is outstanding. So I, I'm gonna go with uh, Georgia one. Uh, Ohio State's offense is insane. Their defense has stepped up a little bit in big games, so I'm going to go Ohio State 2. I think uh, Michigan loses to them, actually. So I'm going to have to go... I think I'm going to have to put Tennessee in there. I think Tennessee could possibly... But who would they see in the conference championship is the issue. Tennessee Tennessee wouldn't be in the conference championship. So then they They'd would... They'd be out. They, 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 would, they, would need, they need someone to lose. So that's where it gets interesting. Wow. Those last two teams, this would be one of the best CFPs in a while just because of the crazy atmosphere and um, the records of these teams who are depleting and losing games. But I think TCU loses to Kansas State, and that's all the CFP committee needs to put them out. They want to put them out. They didn't put them in when they were killing everybody else this season. And I think Kansas State beats TCU, and I don't think TCU makes it. I like that take. I like that take. Um, I'm going to take Georgia at number one. Ohio State too. I agree with your offense and defense, and I think TCU. If TCU goes undefeated, I'm having TCU at number three, because Michigan will lose to Ohio State, right? So Michigan will fall out at the number three spot, and I think Tennessee would overcome whoever's in front of them. But I'm also, I'm still thinking about like, it would be weird. I think LSU would have to be left out. I'm thinking about the LSU scenario. Like, what if they did blow out Georgia? Like, it'd just be interesting to see what would happen with there. But I would have Tennessee at four coming back in the atmosphere in college basketball has to be one of the best things in america i mean there's march madness there's tournaments there's showcases um i mean some of the teams that are playing each other early this season like the resumes are just gonna be amazing because you have to see because i mean iron sharpers iron i think that's what everybody's always known and said so i think a lot of these teams playing big teams against each other like we had michigan versus gonzaga a really good game michigan state Oh, my bad. Michigan Michigan. State against Gonzaga. You had Michigan against Eastern Michigan, which was insane. Imani Bates and uh, Noah Farrakhan Mm -hmm. had an amazing game. And Michigan, um, their big man, just decided to take over. He was an absolute force. But the biggest thing in college basketball is where these teams are playing games now. And it's, it's actually really, really cool. Michigan State and Gonzaga actually played on the aircraft carrier. Really? It was actually dedicated to Veterans Day, which was amazing. Thank you for um veterans for all you do for us but um the big yeah that was crazy where would y'all want to play uh, um 
the game? Would it be on an aircraft carrier? Honestly, I think I would get sick playing a game on the sea. If I'm not, if I can't see the water, you know, if I cannot physically see that, and you know, we're swinging or moving, I think I would get sick while playing the game. I mean, I feel like that'd be so cool. Though. I mean, like obviously the atmosphere, like the wind and everything, you'd have to take that into consideration. Hopefully, it's a good day, but like that's crazy. And right. then Stanford and Wisconsin played on a baseball field. Really? In the middle, of, on the first base, they built the court and they played. It was absolutely amazing. My, was, shout out my boy Ryan Agarwal. Actually, he plays for Stanford basketball. The boy, one of the best shooters in America. I want to see. I want to see some more of these interesting fields. I mean, I, I think fields, these interesting courts. courts and yeah. those are in crazy places. Like that's pretty cool. But yeah, Stanford and Wisconsin squared off on Veterans Day, also on a baseball field, <laughs> on first near first base. And I heard he told me that the atmosphere was amazing. Like. It was insane to be there. So I, I, I'm starting to like this. Like, maybe we should do more of this, these things, like more um, aircraft carriers or, like, in the middle. Of, like, you know how baseball has let's the field some, of dreams. Let's get some teams in a blimp. That don't. Okay. No, like, oh, more realistic places. You know? <laughs> Making things like the helicarrier from Marvel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Like, helicarrier. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I mean, we got one somewhere, you know. Maybe. Secret. Government secret. Yeah. So, like, if, the, if you could name, like, one realistic place to play a basketball game, where would it be? Honestly, let's do, like... On a beach, like a spacious, like like almost like oh, two no, cave like outside vibes. outside yeah. of Venice Beach courts. That would be crazy. But uh, that would but be you'd have to, to build like a legit court really, on really Venice Beach. Do. Like you know how they play outside. Like they have like. But then, the, how are you going to get all your viewers there? That's the thing. Because because you're going to have well, they only they only have like. Maybe five thousand. It's not a lot of people there. But, e- but even then, but the viewership on TV. But how, those yeah, numbers so are how, up. How are you going to get the viewership on? I mean, TV wouldn't be hard, but if you do have five thousand people coming out to you know see these these college players perform, they can't all be standing. They're not going to all be able to see the game. They're all going to leave. You know, that's the only thing. They would probably do some sort of makeshift. I don't know how they would do that. But seeing a, a college environment, especially on like a popular place like Venice Beach, I think that'd be pretty cool to see. Also, another place I want to play like in a high school gym, but like one of those bigger ones, like Texas. In Texas, where I'm from, we have like arenas dang near, so it can fit like around. Coppell native. Yes, sir. Was <laughs> cowboy, was cowboy, baby. But um, we have like an arena you can fit like two thousand people. But I feel like the high school atmosphere was always just crazy. Like the there was always like a student section and kids going crazy and everything. I feel like that'd be really, really cool so, and a great atmosphere. So you'd rather play in in a high school game more than anything like what if it's like a packed out gal guy arena here at oklahoma state then no i'm saying like that but like i'm saying like places like i just want to play like i feel like it'd be cool to play right, different and, you know. different than the traditional arenas and whatnot yeah, yeah exactly my unrealistic slash realistic place i probably wouldn't do it like new york city if they did like a rooftop like that a, would be good like a rooftop you would not be able to have any form well, say, they, of, say the design say the design like it's a big big building they design I know, it i do know a, that a they way. have a, a couple of different courts in new york city where it's like just rooftop i mean not rooftop but um like penthouse basically mm-hmm. basketball courts and whatnot i don't think you'd be able to get viewers there but i think you could televise that game still and have a pretty good turnout yeah to like see. the blimp like the blimp views of the yeah the game exactly it'd be interesting but say they modify it to where they could have st- people there i think it'd be pretty inter- interesting to have um but yeah it's those games that they had on the aircraft carrier and and the baseball stadium yeah, I, that's, was, that really sounds like an experience i kind of want to see what that feels like or like you know what it what if what if you know there's a, a big wave and you know my my ball 
just God, big wave. <laughs> I honestly, unless you're talking about a tsunami, I think I don't think you'd feel it as much because it's a huge. I mean, it's a I huge mean, yeah, that's, ship. That's really it, true. An aircraft carrier is like a miniature airport, so I I don't think they probably feel too much. And like, there's only been four of these. These they're called the Armed Forces Classics or whatever. They're on Veterans Day. And I feel like there's only been that few because they have to take all that into consideration. Like, think about the precipitation, like sliding right. over the core. I mean, yeah. they got to take all that, in, all of that into you consideration. Really but the one on the baseball field, I feel like that would feel kind of empty because you're in a huge old baseball stadium. I mean, it's not the whole baseball stadium's not packed. They had stands just kind of built around the court on the I, field. Yeah, I'd it'd be really, cool to do, but it feel to me that would feel empty. I think I think the experience would be cool, but you wouldn't be able to get like. In Gallagher Iber, for instance, whenever you know it's it's a fast break, um, you know we're trailing, and that's the 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 dunk that we need to get up, and you feel that, and you can like hear the resonance with all the viewers and the fans. You get that in those smaller arenas, or you get that in those well built arenas. But in baseball, I feel like those kind of diffuse out into the air more. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying there. I agree with that. Moving on to like more NBA news though. The NBA this year has like looked a lot different than it has in previous years. You see like new players, younger players stepping up. Paolo Bencaro has been absolutely killing it. Uh, he's the first rookie since LeBron to put up the numbers that he has. He's looking like extremely. rookie of the year right now, early in the season. No one, no one else is touching him in rookie of the year. You're exactly right. The uh, also thing is the Utah Jazz trade away their two biggest players and Rudy Gobert, who I think is not even worth the max deal. I think no. I think Rudy Gobert is a, like he's not I a joke. He's in the league, obviously, but he's a little overhyped. Even his own teammate, but it, well, they weren't teammates at the time. But Anthony Edwards when. Um, Rudy Gobert was on the Jazz. He said he don't he don't put the fear in me. So like if he's going to the hole, um, he said that Rudy Gobert does not affect his shot or what he does on the court, and which is a big thing. He's like Rudy Gobert is seven foot one. So I'm feeling I feel like right, and he's a guy, like that defensive stature. player of the year and yeah. and things like that. But even then, like there's a lot of. There's been a lot of times where I watch a game and Rudy Gobert just you know, kind of looks just a little bit lost. Yeah, he just gets sought out. Bit. Like in the if I'm from Dallas actually, so I went to the Dallas first the Jazz series. We watched two games. Every time Luca came off a screen, he sought out Rudy Gobert to guard him. So I just don't feel like he's respected much in the league. And then Donovan Mitchell goes to a new team and he's absolutely killing it. The Cleveland uh, Cavaliers look absolutely amazing right now. Uh, they look like Wildo Machine. Darius Garland just had 50 last night. I mean, I saw that. I think this can be a very good. I think they can make it to the Eastern Conference if the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks don't beat them out. But I think the East is in really good shape that it has been because usually the Western Conference is better. But I think they're taking off. The Utah Jazz right now are actually 10 and five, which is a lot better than a lot of teams. And in the Packer rankings, they're actually standing at five, which is outstanding for who they traded away. Going off of what you said, this. Just based off of hoops last night, uh, looking at the Thunder, we dropped 145 points against the Knicks. Shea had the game of his life. Josh Giddy had a triple double. We were looking really solid. Um, and looking at looking at the stats right now, Shea is averaging more than one of the the star players of the league, Devin Booker. Um, this, uh, I, had but I think I think Shake Alex Alexander is one of the most underrated players in the league. I mean, he just knows how to play the game right, plays at his own pace. Like I think he's a, I think he's an actual superstar. He's just been hurt, so we haven't been able to get a good sample size yet. Shea right now is averaging thirty-one, four and five versus Devin Booker's twenty-six, four and five. That's a that's a nine-point difference. Yeah. Jeez. 
The Thunder, the Thunder yesterday were shooting 62 um, from the field, 62% from the field, um, following with Josh Giddey's triple-double. And I don't know if y'all saw the viral clip of, uh, I forgot which ESPN announcer was, but he was like, yeah, we trust in Josh. Giddy, 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 giddy. Oh, no, I missed it. <laughs> um, I don't really watch the Thunder because um, they're a horrible team. They can't win games. Huh? They actually are winning <laughs> games as we speak. And is. What, what is the record? Six and seven, I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to lie. That's garbage. Like, come on, man. Dude, like, they're, the not Lakers, a, they're not a serious team. Look at like, the Lakers. They're better than... I mean, yeah, but if you if you tell me in a serious game who who I got, the Lakers or the Thunder, I'm taking the Lakers any They're day. technically better than the Lakers, the Warriors, it's and so the, early and in the, the season, we don't have a good enough sample size, you know. But that. as of now, I'll give you that. yeah. <laughs> as I, of now, the yeah. Thunder I'll, are on top. We are going to the NBA Finals. I'll say it every single podcast. See, you sound like a Dallas Cowboy fan right now. Y'all win like a couple games. Y'all talk about ooh, ooh. exactly. You're exactly. Ma- are you mad? You're a Mavericks fan, right, Nas? No, no, no. I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. oh my god! I, I had stopped watching basketball. This. That's it, why he doesn't watch sad. the Thunder. We're still better than y'all. But aren't you a Dallas Cowboys fan? Speaking of that. Anyways, on to the next. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing on with NBA news, the Warriors are 0-7 this season on away game matchups. They need some home cooking. Gosh. They need some home cooking to win games. I mean, I know that their arena is supposed to be one of the best home court advantages, but you cannot go 0-7 on the road as NBA team. Yeah. That's that's a bad recipe. And, I mean, they're going to start off – if this continues all season, I, I hope it doesn't. Like, they're the Warriors, like, they just came off enemy championship. Like, we all know they're better than this. But if this continues, like, this is going to be really bad yeah. for them. Because they get terrible seeding after playing, uh, ooh, they could play anybody possible. According to ESPN, this is one of their worst starts to a season since, I want to say, like, 19-something. That's crazy. And you can see it in the power ranking because they're not even in the they're not even in the top ten yeah. or even close. And they just is like Nas was just saying they just came off a championship. Hey, you know what's crazy though? Don't ever disrespect Portland. We nine and four right now, boy. Anyways, nine on, and four, on baby. Nine and four. We cooking. We cooking right now. Dame barely played. We that cold, man. Yeah, the, tri- the Trailblazers are looking good. I don't think anyone expected them to be where they are as of right now. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. Gonna but lie. just like you said, you, as a fan, neither have I. <laughs> hey, we, the we honesty. Like, we yeah, like I was about to say we like here. we like honest fans who actually can admit like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really, wasn't really doing this. Um, but continuing on with with NBA news, um, Russell Westbrook is continuing on his tear as a six man. Um, in his game against the Nets, he had a huge block on Kevin Durant. It was all over social media everywhere, and he's that. currently averaging um, almost seventeen points, uh, five assists, and eight rebounds as of right now. Oh. He's looking really good as a six-man option. I mean, if that's my six-man option, I'm very, I'm very confident. Give in my him team. the ball. Yeah. yeah, give him the ball. And continuing on with tears, Joel and Embiid last night had 59, Ooh. 11 rebounds, eight assists, and seven blocks. Video game numbers right there. And their team scored 103. That means that boy had over 50 percent of their points. Right, exactly. That is insane. And then, and then with the battle of the big man, Anthony Davis had 37 points, 18 rebounds, and two assists. So who who are it's you guys who are you guys Anthony taking? Davis. It is really good to see him, especially because, healthy. Especially like yeah, because he's been hurt and like a lot of people make fun of him. They call him street clothes because I'm I'm not gonna lie. Even I've said it before, he gets hurt way too much. I don't know what it is. Some people are just like that though. But I'm glad to see him out there doing good. Yeah. So who are you guys taking in the battle of the big man so far? Are you taking Embiid or are you taking Davis? No question, Embiid. 
Embiid, no question. I'm also taking Embiid, but I would say don't sleep on Anthony Davis if he can continue this. I was actually watching a clip the other day. I'm just like, I like watching basketball a lot. Um, so I'm watching a clip, and it says Anthony Davis doesn't move the same anymore. And so they showed his days and as a Pelican. He moved a lot more fluid. So I think one of the injuries that he had uh, with the Lakers, I think it really messed with Disrupted him. Disrupted the, the Because fluidity. he doesn't move as fluid as he used to. I mean, he's still a great player. He's obviously an NBA All-Star. I mean, the guy is yeah, getting no paid that money for a reason. He's really good at basketball. But he just doesn't move the same. But I'd take Embiid, uh, I think, any day. Yeah, Embiid, Embiid just, he's just more dominant. Um, you know, when, when you you have the ball in, I mean, of course, when you have the ball in both their hands, of course, you got to figure out what to do. Um, <laughs> why did you make that face? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, but giving give the ball to, to either of these big men, they're going to produce. They are going to produce, but I would trust Embiid more than Anthony Davis to do that. He's just, he's just a big man, just a big guy. I also trust Embiid to win games more than I would Davis ever since – the Lakers won the championship. He's just kind of fallen off, and it shows on the records. I mean, the 76ers are only seven and seven, but if you look at the Lakers, they're three and ten, and that's dang, a big difference. They, dang, they're three and ten. Lakers are three and ten as of today. Sheesh. I mean, even though they're three and ten, the good thing is to see Russell Westbrook. Everybody can see again that Russell Westbrook is, is still not a Hall the of Famer. Russell Westbrook is not been. the problem, and it, the media been. the media has just been bashing him. That's, that, they love to see. See, that's what I was saying that last time. Like the media is very corrupt. Like they can push an agenda and make everyone and believe it, it, which yeah. is insane. It's social media too, though. You know, like people can say anything they want, but uh, at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook has shown what I've what I've always believed and known that he is a Hall of Famer. Right, first ballot easily. No debate. I mean, the guy's having a lot of fun out there. His team's not playing great, but he's done absolutely yeah. nothing but playing yeah, amazing. Especially as a Thunder fan, I haven't seen Russell Westbrook have as much fun. Um, and you know, he was on the on the Wizards and the Rockets, and of course, he was still playing hard. But it, you know, you just didn't see that joy. But um, especially after he, there's a, I think it was a dagger three pointer um, where he held his left hand up. You could see him physically having fun with the team again. And so I feel like that's him. Sort, I wouldn't say getting his mojo back, but he's definitely finding that role and where he fits in with the Lakers that can help them win games. I mean, I agree, you know. Um, you've seen, like, Juan Toscano-Anderson and all the other teammates, like, actually sticking up for him now. And they're, like, really believing him. I think, um, me personally, as a basketball player, when somebody believes in you, it can really take you a far away, especially when your teammates and your coaches believe in you. It, it elevates your level of play and who you are as a player out there. Moving on from the NBA into the world of football, the NFL coming up on its over over the halfway point of the season, there's been its fair share of contenders and its fair share of pretenders. I'm going to give you all a bunch of teams that I'm going to name off, and we're going to talk about whether or not we think they are contenders or pretenders. Y'all ready? Yeah. Buffalo Bills, 6-3. and three. Contenders, contenders easily. And speaking of that... They just need to get healthy. That's the thing. Yeah, speaking of that... Did you guys see that catch with Justin Jefferson? Oh, my God. But did you see how he caught it? The other dude had the interception in both of his hands, and Justin he Jefferson just it collapsed one. it he just against his hand, his hand and rips it. That was, that was crazy. <laughs> it was most definitely the catch of the year. I don't think anything – I mean, we still have football left to play, but I don't think anything's going to touch that for a while. That's crazy. I'm surprised he didn't hit the gritty right after that whenever he went down. <laughs> 
Did y'all see how they won that game too? The Vikings I mean, came down, like tied it right before overtime, and then went straight into overtime and finished it off. It was they're calling it the game of the decade, which wow. to me is nuts. That that's there's I nuts. Think that's so a little, ESPN notifications were saying game I think of that's the a decade. Little, a little too much, but okay. Yeah, it was. It's just, that was a great. I game. think that's a little too far. We've yeah. had some really good games. Yeah. I mean, Cowboys versus Packers. Not not this year. I was going to say which one because the Cowboys just blew a lead. It's not right, Jaden. I don't want to talk about it. I'm we're, actually we're about Pack- to get into I'm a that Packers one. fan, so we're about to get back into um, it. But anyway, be silent on um, the side. Contenders or pretenders? Moving on, we have um, New York Jets. New York Jets. I think they're pretenders. I mean, they've had some really good wins. They beat the Bills, which was a really good team, but still, I don't see them going deep in the playoffs. They're first round uh, loss team. I'm, I'm agreeing with Nas, pretender. I also would say they're a pretender. Uh, I think the only thing the Jets are good at are having quarterbacks who like sleeping with their best friend's moms. Ooh. Personally, that's that's just my opinion. <laughs> I think they're heavy pretenders. Next, we have the Miami Dolphins, 7-3. and three. I think Tua is back and healthy. Is, isn't he back and healthy now playing I, with the team? I don't know. I, I don't I really don't know. Uh, Tua, yes, he is back, and he's been playing phenomenal. The only thing is with Tua, I feel like his arm's not as strong. Like, you see Patrick Mahomes throwing these dimes. Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert throwing these absolute rockets. But um, if you watch a lot of their games, Tyreek Hill is a phenomenal receiver, by the way. Jalen Waddle, phenomenal. They combined for, a th- um, I think, 1,800, no, almost 1,900 yards at, the t- at right now, which is insane as a duo. But Tua underthrows a lot. And his receivers are just so good, it saves them a little bit. But he th- he tends to throw like he can't lead his receivers as well. But he's still a really good quarterback. He gets right. the job done, obviously. Seven and three. I think they're contenders. I also think they're contenders. I think they are contenders as well. I agree with everything you just said. I think Tyreek Hill is a big help for Tua, and I think that he can get him over the hump. I mean, we saw it with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Whenever the Chiefs needed the most against the Bills last year, and I think the AFC. Uh, semi-final game Tyreek Hill caught a big old pass took him down to the end zone to get in field goal yeah. range I think as long as you had Tyreek Hill as your receiver you're a contender you should be yeah good to go next up we have the Baltimore Ravens who are 6-3 and three. is Lamar does he make his team a contending Lamar's team Lamar's Hemsky Hemi Neutron y'all call y'all know what they call him Big Trust you know what I'm saying he, I know I really do believe that the Baltimore Ravens uh, especially what, what he's done he doesn't have one top receiver at all and he still got the job done. Six and three is amazing. The defense has stepped up. Lamar's playing at all time high. I mean, you gotta you gotta pay the man. You know They're what I'm definite saying? definite contenders. They do have to pay him. I'm actually gonna disagree with you on that. I think they are pretenders. Why? Because of what Nas was just saying earlier. Yeah, he he's getting the job done just enough, but he just doesn't have enough help. I feel like to get him over maybe a second round exit. I don't see him going to the AFC Championship with um, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in that same conference. I believe they're in the AFC. Not they're not in the AFC. I don't agree with your statement, but I can see it. Okay, so uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are sitting at 5-4. and four. How do you feel about them right now? Pretenders. Pretender. I think last year they got really lucky on their way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, Joey B, I think Joey B has not been playing at a high level this year. I mean, he's still been playing at a pretty decent level. Joe Burr is no longer. But um, Jamar Chase's numbers have even gone down. But I think it's a lot due the defenses have figured it out, you know? And, like, the offense has to be more creative and everything. And their offensive line is just, it's horrible. Garbage. It's like, horrible. Sucks. I think, I think they're I think they're pretenders. Yeah. Always have been fraudulent. I'd say they're pretenders. It's just sad to see uh, Joe Burrow get sacked. He's the third fastest quarterback to get the ball off. This is according to ESPN. He's the third fastest quarterback to get the ball off 
but he is the quarterback that's been sacked the most times this year in the league. Man. Which is that's just an insane stat. To he's me. so he's no longer Joe Burr. It's just Joe. No longer Joe Shiesty. Just it's just, just Joe. Joe. Next we have the Tennessee Titans, who are six and three with their rookie quarterback Malik Willis leading the team. I'm surprised at this team. I did not expect them to be six and three after losing. I think they lost uh, AJ Brown to the Eagles, one of their number one receivers. Uh, Julio Jones. I mean, he wasn't a crazy receiver, but I mean, it's good to have that experience. You know, Tennessee they they're going in the right direction, but they're pretenders. Yeah, I believe they're pretenders. Yeah, I think they're they're not not enough experience, but the quarterback position. um, Derrick Henry can only run so much until they stop him. They're they're getting to that next level, and um, it's it's really good to see, especially the Titans go up because they've been down for all of their franchise history but they 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 look they're gonna look really good yeah i say they're pretenders what about you Nas? what do you think tennessee titans pretenders or contenders i think they're contenders i mean Woo. Ooh. i i mean they've been silent like they're dark horses right now i think they're a good dark horse for the season interesting take interesting take moving on i think i we think that um i really do think they're a dark horse but moving on you're right kansas city chiefs seven and two Automatic obvious, contenders. Obvious, Patrick man. Mahomes. It's no debate. Patrick Mahomes is special, man. I don't know where this guy came from, but he just... Tyler, like, Texas, from there. He just um, emerged on the Texas Tech scene and absolutely just exploded. Ever since his first year, I think he's been the best QB in the league. Like, this guy is really special. He's he on the Madden cover any, for a reason. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's really like that. He knows how to throw the ball while being horizontal. It's it's nuts. It's I don't know how he does it. Um, the throws he can make. I mean, this even the Super Bowl they lost against the Buccaneers. There was a couple of those clips where he got the ball off and he hit the receiver. But they it, just couldn't. They catch. couldn't catch it. I remember watching that game. Hit, I just I felt the horizontal, so bad. Yeah, the horizontal That's throw you're saying. talking about. It hit him right in the freaking face and he now, he didn't catch that it. That pass of the decade. I, now if ESPN put that as a as a play or a pass of the decade, yes, because how do you get that much power to be able to throw sixty yards down the field horizontal? While being tackled, it's insane. It's it's nuts. Now moving on, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. They are five and four after taking a recent loss to my 49ers. Pretenders. Ooh, it's gotta be pretenders. Pretenders. Justin Herbert's good, but Keenan Allen, their wide receiver one, has been hurt all season. Don't see him coming back in time. They've just struggled to really get some games won, and I just don't think they're. I don't know. They're going to make it. I think they're pretenders. It's something, it's something about these previously championship teams, like the Warriors, for instance, they're doing terrible. And now we have the Chargers. They're doing terrible. Um, definite pretender. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, the Chargers just – they have so much talent, but they're they're always hurt and everything. I, don't, I think they're a pretender. Next, we have probably Jaden's worst – or not so favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles – Rival to the Dallas Cowboys, they are eight and zero, and Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind. I say automatic Def- contender. They're undefeated, definite contender. You can't, you can't go against pretenders. That. Really, pretenders? Eight and zero is pretender. Why? Okay, okay, not pretenders, but um, how to put this? I don't take them seriously. So you, I mean, you think when we pretenders? get into the playoffs? Yeah, I think they're pretenders. When we get into the playoffs. I think they're first or second round lost team. I mean, they get a first round bye, so I think they're going to lose their first game to whoever they play. I mean, it's all about experience. I think they're a great team. I think what they've done is a very impressive. But I think um, the the train got to stop somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, the experience, 
the experience factor I think is a big thing in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts has Jalen Hurts and this Eagles team hasn't really experienced that since the Super Bowl season in 2017 or no. 2016, whenever it was. I mean, you kind of saw it in the NBA with the Warriors and the Celtics. Like Celtics were a great team, went in there, just young, got smacked, not not enough experience, and you know I kind of see that. I agree. I agree. I, I kind of I guess they. I would. I guess I would change my opinion. Yeah, I'd say maybe pretenders because I don't think if I look at it, I can see them as. Super Bowl, Super Bowl bound with I would, the lack I'm, of experience. I'm still saying contender, um, but I do agree with exactly what Nas said. They're still young, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean count them out entirely. Next up, we have ever America's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, who are sitting at six and three. Ah, uh, frauds. Oh, not even uh, pretenders, just straight frauds. <laughs> we you saw know, them crumble uh, against the best quarterback to ever live, uh, Aaron Rodgers, last night. So, um, I mean, they pretty much told us everything we need to know. The coaching has always been a problem, it seems like. Everybody's always calling for um, McCarthy to uh, step up. And I think that yesterday was a show of how um, fraudulent this team is. I mean, you have to keep a lead like that, you know. They dominated the Packers all game. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers decided to be the best quarterback ever like he is. (laughs) And he stepped up, for real. Jaden, what do you got to say about that? You still believe in your team, or are they pretenders? Listen, man, I love my Cowboys. I love them to death. But this is how it goes every year, man. Every single year. I I have faith in them, but as of right now, in this specific moment, it looks like pretender. I hate to say that. That, that really you heard hurt. it here first. A Dallas really Cowboy fan me. admitting that they are not contenders. That really hurt me to say. I just I want you to know that. I mean, y'all are still six and three. I mean, yeah, that's that's why I'm saying there's still hope. But come on, we're we gotta win that. Ah, gotta win that. Tough L. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Nas. Um, pretenders. You see them at, at, see it every year. They just crumble in the playoffs. Last year you saw it in the first round. They played. 49ers and at home and lost the 49ers against Jimmy G and the game manager. Uh, yeah, I'd say fat pretenders. Next, we have the New York Giants, who are a shocking seven and two. Jesus Christ, pretenders. I don't know. I I can't I can't say pretender while looking at the number seven in the win ratio. If if we look back at what we were saying about the experience factor. I would say pretender because not, this team is definitely not has no, not been not in the playoffs slightest. in so long. Daniel in Jones slightest. has never been in this situation. Saquon has never been in this situation, and he's the one carrying the team. So I'm going to go with uh, pretenders, but it definitely is impressive what they have done this season. I'm going to say contender, and here's why. Once again, with just the argument of, yes, they're young. They don't have the experience. However, that doesn't mean count them out. They still might have that game. Um, may not be as refined as you know some of the veterans in the league, but they still do have game, and they're seven and two for a reason. So you think you can see your Giants beating your Dallas Cowboys? That's what you're saying, and anyways, they're they're similar anyways, records. On, on okay, to the okay. next, on to the next. Um. <laughs> another another surprising team uh, that I think has shocked uh, the NFL fan base this year is the Minnesota Vikings, eight and one. After just upsetting the Buffalo Bills and what's a crazy game, what do y'all think? Minnesota Kurt Vikings going crazy contender, contenders. And I think last week I called them pretenders because I did not, be- I just didn't believe in it. But after that game against the Bills, come on, man, in Give Buffalo, them their flowers. in Give Buffalo, them their flowers. yeah, 
con- automatic contenders. It's amazing what to, it's amazing to see how much Kirk Cousins has changed since from being with the Redskins, uh, just being kind of a, a game managing quarterback to now he's a quarterback with, you know, some good receiver receivers in Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, 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 however you say it, and he's really transformed into kind of that big playmaking right. franchise quarterback. But yeah, I'm gonna say contenders on that one. Definitely contender. And next we have another three shocking teams in a row is the Seattle Seahawks, six and four. I mean that's not the craziest record, but they're after, looking really nice yeah, for six and four. After losing Russell Wilson, I thought this team was just going to go into rebuilding mode. But Geno Smith carrying him, he's looking really good as their their quarterback. We right wrote now. him off. Oh, he said I didn't write back the first game of the season. Then they bounced. They they lost two games in a row, I believe, and he has looked. Uh, he's looked at the epitome of his game, and I'm really excited to see that because he's had some rough, rough goings. People gave up on him, but I mean, it's always good to see somebody flourish when somebody gives up on them, you know. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited for Geno. I'm really excited for the Seahawks. I think they're actual contenders. Their defense constantly steps up, and their offense. I mean, DK and Tyler Lockett are some of the best receivers in the league, and they've always they've showed it all year. I see this team being another dark horse team, kind of like the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm going to say pretenders because I don't see them. I still don't see them going to the Super Bowl being major contenders, but I can see them being a dark horse candidate, maybe surprising a bunch of people because the NFC is a tough is a tough conference. Yeah. Moving on to the last team on this list, San Francisco 49ers. My 49ers, I know they're only 5-4, and four, but ever since they've gotten McCaffrey and are coming back healthy, they're looking good. They're looking good. This happens every year. We're hurt. Then midseason form comes around, and we turn straight into contenders. You sound like a Cowboys fan. Hey, except we beat y'all last year in the first round. And we... Uh, he got me there. He got me there. And, got me there. And, and, and NFC title game last year where we fell just short to the Rams. But anyways... Pretender. Pretender. It's all right. It's all right. Pretender. I'm going with what I said in, in the last episode. Yes, Chris McCaffrey, he's going to help y'all tremendously. But... This year is not y'all's year. I just I just want to say to the audience real quick, the only reason they are saying they're pretenders is because my team owns both the Packers, the Packers and the Cowboys in the playoffs. Not really. I mean, no. you guys are just frauds. Oh. You guys are not good at the game. You know? I mean, we own Aaron Aaron Rodgers for sure in the playoffs. Y'all cannot beat us. Yes. If we look at the past couple of years, y'all fell short to us in the NFC title game. Let's We can go back and fact check it all one day. Life happens. Yeah, it does. But I think I'm going to stick with mine. Uh, 49ers contenders. You know, you got George Kittle healthy. He wasn't healthy last year. Still beat the Cowboys. Debo Samuel's back, and he's just a menace with Christian McCaffrey at his side. I think they're serious contenders. But moving on from all of our contender pretender takes, whose catch was better? Justin Jefferson's catch or Odell Beckham Jr.'s 2016 catch against the Dallas Cowboys? Odell's. Justin Jefferson had help with the catch. Like the the guy literally had his had him between his hands. I'm saying, but he had the rip. He, he had the rip it from him it. though. I'm saying Odell. They came down and he ripped it. Like it's not that. I'm saying Odell. He caught that with three fingers. With pi. Exactly. And then I remember after literally after that catch, everybody as soon as you know middle school you go outside you play two hand touch. Everyone was like, hey, give me an Odell. I want to Odell it. They were using him as a verb. I was using him as a verb. So I, I mean. Of course, I can't really see into the younger generation right now, but they're probably saying something about Justin Jefferson. Uh, but I would say Odell's is definitely better. I agree with your take. I think Odell's was probably the better catch overall because he kind of started all these uh, 
at least for our generation, he started the one hand like take. Every kid wanted to be like him. Odell. Like Drake said, reach back like one three. <laughs> one three, one three. I mean, that kind of, and that just kind of made his career uh, from the catch. It was a prime time game against I'm not Cowboys. Lie, that's a hard bar. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. Reach back like one three. That is od tough. Oh my gosh! Reach back like one. I never, I never even thought of that. That's no <laughs> way, for real. I've, I've like, I'm, I've never heard that bar. I'm not gonna. Oh lie. my gosh, that's you, crazy. You, you've definitely, you've definitely heard it. But I think we all can agree that Odell's was a great catch. Thank wow. you for taking the time to listen to us today. We hope you enjoyed everything we talked about and enjoyed listening. We hope you, that you continue to listen. If you want to hear more, please give a follow on Instagram at walking underscore on underscore podcast. Thank you once again, and that we hope that you will join us next week. Peace. Thunder up, baby.